This episode is supported by Jace Medical. You may or may not know that in December, drug shortages across the U.S. hit a record high. This is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, and the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. I know that I have heard in the last few months from multiple mom friends of mine, instances where they have not been able to get medications for themselves or for their children in critical crisis moments. This is so, so scary. I know I've had friends with their kids having seasonal flu cold symptoms, struggling to breathe, and they're at urgent care and unable to get the antibiotics that they need because of these shortages. This is scary stuff. Most notably, one of the short supply antibiotics is amoxicillin, which is commonly used for so many of our children's illnesses. So here's where Jace Medical comes in. They have the Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that are used for the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your or your children's family's unique needs, like an EpiPen, for example, something that you would never want to be without, would never want to have to run from pharmacy to pharmacy in pursuit of. So if you want to go get these medications and have your antibiotics on supply so that you always have them when you need them in case of an emergency, in case of a disaster, in case of being a, you know, a victim of this drug shortage, Jace Medical will have you covered. All you need to do is go to jacemedical.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code SHAMELESS at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com, jacemedical.com, code SHAMELESS. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 700. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 700. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. Oh my goodness. We are celebrating a milestone today of 700 episodes of the Shameless Mom Academy, which is wild. I also for a minute thought that 700 episodes was going to coincide with us hitting our 5 millionth download, which is another massive milestone. So we are rapidly approaching 5 million downloads, which will happen, I think, within a few weeks of this 700 milestone, which is just so exciting to me that these things are happening really close together. It speaks volumes to your commitment to the content that is put out on this show. And I really want to just first and foremost center all of you because I know that, yes, I show up and I talk and I get lots of really fabulous compliments from you all on what the show has meant to you, but I also know that you're listening because you're committed to showing up for yourself in new and different and more expansive ways because that's what we're always talking about on here. And so I want to honor you all and the work that you do as a result of this show and the ways that you live and lead in your life because of what you've learned on this podcast. I just couldn't be more honored. And it's so exciting to me that so many of you listen and listen regularly. And one of my favorite things that I hear repeatedly is people who discover the show and maybe they discovered it at episode like 513 and they're like, oh my gosh, I had to go back and start from episode one. And I get these comments fairly regularly. People who've discovered the show 
in these later t- stages more recently. And then they're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to like assign myself all the previous many hundreds of episodes to go listen to and indulge in and download and just really take in the entire Shameless Mom Academy experience, which is just mind blowing to me. So whether you've listened to all 700 episodes, or this is your first episode, or you're somewhere in the middle, I just thank you for being here. And as a thank you, I wanted to do something that would be fun. And of course, I thought like, oh, I could do seven lessons that I've learned over 700 episodes. And I've done that before for different 100 episode markers. But I wanted to do something that maybe was a little more voyeuristic (laughs) for those of you who like behind the scenes things where you're like, oh, I just want to get like a behind the scenes glance. I thought it would be fun for me to pull back the curtain a little bit on some of the questions that I get on a regular basis that really are questions that people wouldn't know unless we did an episode like this. So we're going to talk about things like, do I ever run out of content or do I ever get sick of recording or have I ever had a guest that was really hard? So we're going to talk about all that today. And I think it'll be fun for you to hear because like having a podcast, it's not glamorous. It's funny. Vinny has a friend at school whose sister is in middle school. And when I see her, she often will say to me, she'll, and from like across the playground, which is so cute. She's like, Sarah Dean, Sarah Dean, are you still doing your podcast? And I always say yes. And then she'll say, so are you famous for doing it for because you have a podcast? <laughs> I love it. She asks me this every time, like, am I famous? And I always say the same thing. I'm like, well, it depends on who you ask. <laughs> and so like in my school community, probably not so much in my city, probably not so much, but like among podcasting in certain circles, and this is true for any of us, there's definitely some circles that I'm, I've become more well known in this capacity, which has been really, really fun and really exciting. But it also is like not glamorous. It's very much like me sitting at a really messy desk, just hammering stuff out and getting it done and checking boxes. And like also in a way that is filled with a lot of care and compassion. But it's also just a job like anything else where I'm like, I just got to get done what I need to get done in every given week. So I'm excited to share kind of what that looks like on a week to week basis as well. What I want to talk about first is what people often expect from the show and then what it really is about. And so when I say I have a podcast for moms, people are like, oh, like, do you talk about like diapers and nursing and temper tantrums and things like that? And I'm like, no, I don't. (laughs) I don't talk about any of that, really. And nor do I have guests that want to talk about really specific like parenting, mothering kinds of things that are about that level of minutiae. So we definitely talk about mothering and motherhood in all sorts of different ways, but we don't talk about that like those early stages and developmental phases of a parent, like when you're a newer parent and getting through that kind of really tough stuff in terms of what is it like to be in that moment. We will talk about your identity in those moments for sure. And so I think that that distinguishing piece for me is that I'm not here to talk about like how to help you to decide between like cloth diapers or disposable diapers. And I'm not here to discuss the merits of like formula feeding versus nursing. I want to talk about you as a mom and how you endure in those phases, not so much the parenting decisions that you make in those moments. And so I think that's like one thing where when people think I have a show for moms, that's one misconception that comes up a lot where they're like, oh, I'm going to learn how to like get through the terrible twos. And I'm like, well, yeah, you're going to learn how to like take care of yourself in any phase of parenting, but I'm not going to like teach you how to navigate temper tantrums because I don't know. I was never great at it myself. (laughs) The other misconception about this show that comes up a lot because I have a background in health and fitness and wellness is that people 
make assumptions that like, that's what I'm still talking about, even though I have been out of that business for since 2018 now, which feels like a lifetime ago. And so I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to like be talking about health or fitness. And it's so wild to me. I get pitched all the time from people who are in that industry who want to come on the show as guests. And I'm like, nope, nope, nope. (laughs) I am not going to talk about any nutrition program ever on this show or like nutrition supplements or diet plans or workout programs or like, no, I'm not. If I'm going to talk about bodies, I'm going to be talking actually about like anti-fatness and how we navigate bodies in this world in such a discriminatory and oppressive way. (laughs) That's like the only body conversation I want to have. And so it's funny how often I get pitched really traditional like diet culture and health and fitness stuff where I'm like, yeah, no, like we're not here to talk about that. What I am here to talk about, what we do talk about all the time is the expansiveness of motherhood. And this is what lights me up. And this is why I never run out of content is because I am just always really, really intrigued by the expansiveness of motherhood. And I think that this is so under acknowledged and I think just not understood that when we consider what mothering adds to our lives in terms of like our lifetime resume, we really underestimate the impact in terms of how it contributes to the gifts and the talents and the strengths that we bring into the world in everything that we do. We think about mothering as being something that we kind of do in a silo because It's not super welcoming in most work environments and sometimes in community environments to talk about how mothering impacts um, and sometimes can take away from other aspects of our lives in terms of maybe it gets in the way of or feels like it's competitive with your work sometimes. And it's not popular to be at work talking about like I was up all night with a baby and now I'm really tired and feel like I can't get my work done. Like that's not a popular conversation. And so I think that we then in our mind try to compartmentalize motherhood And it's really not possible. And you've probably all been in this experience where you're like, okay, I have to go into a meeting and I have to turn off my mom brain to not be worrying about like, I know my kid had a really hard morning at drop off today. And I can't be in this meeting on the verge of tears because I feel so bad about my child. I actually have to be like showing up in my as my like work mom self and put that piece of my life in a box so that I can focus on something else. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the TILT Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 
When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. What I want to talk about is the expansiveness of motherhood means that we don't ever fully put things in a box when it comes to mothering. We can never close that lid. We can never turn off our brain. We can never let all the identities that we carry and all the jobs that we hold exist in silos. They inevitably and really beautifully and powerfully ultimately overlap each other, no matter how hard we try to keep them separate. And I love talking about that. I love talking about the intersection of like motherhood and leadership and the intersection of motherhood and feminism and the intersection of motherhood and politics. And there's just so much that's in there that needs to be talked about. And so I will never run out of things to talk about. So you're welcome. (laughs) I'm not going anywhere. But I love talking about the expansiveness of motherhood in terms of what mothering looks like in ways that we don't commonly think. And then also the really tremendously varied identities that moms carry. I love talking about how moms grow and evolve alongside their kids. And so when we look at our life and how, you know, over the course of whether you're raising like me, one child over the course of 18 years or multiple children over the course of 18 plus years, We grow and evolve in so many ways during that time, yet motherhood is the cornerstone for so many of us really of all of that growth or a huge amount of that growth. And so how do we acknowledge that motherhood makes us so much better in so many ways, more compassionate and more patient and more conflict capable, I guess I would say. It makes us able to hold space for other people. It makes us able to see people and honor people's differences. I think that one of the most powerful things is, you know, a parent who has three different kids with three different really vastly different needs can walk into a meeting, whether it's a community meeting or a political meeting or a workplace meeting, and recognize that three different people sitting next to them at a boardroom table are going to have three different ideas and see the world in three different ways. Because when you raise three different kids, you know that that's what happens, that three different kids with the same DNA can see the world in such a different way. And we carry that knowledge with us into other capacities in our life. And I think that that's so huge and this huge gift that we don't leverage and that we don't honor because nobody talks about it. And so when we grow and evolve alongside our kids, that really impacts the way we can show up in different ways all across our lives. And then I also love leaning into the expansiveness when it comes to the social implications of motherhood and mothering. We are seeing so much more about honoring mothers and honoring mothers in the workplace and how can we create workplaces that are more mother-friendly and how do we create social structures that are more mom-friendly and how do we really honor like 
holy cow, the tremendous workload that has been put on women over the last two generations when we've said, no, you can have it all, but then given mothers absolutely no resources and support to actually have it all and do it all. So I will never run out of things to talk about when it comes to all of those good things. So that's my first question I wanted to address. Like, do you ever run out of content? No, I don't. Now, does that mean that like there aren't times that I sit down at my computer and I'm like, huh, what are we going to talk about this week? That for sure happens. <laughs> and so there are definitely times when I'm like, okay, like what's the best thing for right now? But I do have this little list I keep track of in a Google Doc that is, it's called Ep Ideas, EP, Episode Ideas. And I always have a running list of like 15 to 20 things, topics in there that literally are things that strike me at the most random times. They strike me in the shower. It's 4 a.m. when I wake up and can't go back to sleep. And I'm like, oh, I need to talk about that on the podcast sometime. And I often will then go into this doc and just like put in either like an episode title will come to me or a little phrase, or sometimes it will be a couple paragraphs. And so I do keep that so that when I do have a week where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like drawing a blank. I go to that document and I'm like, oh, there's the thing. Like, this is the thing that's jumping out at me that seems relevant and timely right now, or that just feels like a good fit right now. And so that's one of the ways that I come up with content and really ensure that I never run out of content. The next thing I wanted to talk about is do I ever get sick of recording? I really don't because I have, and this is such an important lesson. I don't get sick of recording because it is so aligned with my innate gifts. And so I know who I am on Myers-Briggs. I know my zone of genius. I'm an ENFJ. That means I love to be of service to other people. It means that I'm an extrovert. So I love to externally process. So putting me in a microphone where I can show up and create content that's going to benefit other people, I could do that all day long. Like, literally, it's funny when I think about like, well, what else would I do if I wasn't doing this? It would be really similar. It would be like, okay, well, how can I just talk at people all day long? (laughs) And not because I never want to stop talking. I mean, I definitely like to take breaks. But when I can talk and be of service through the way that I talk, that is my sweet spot. It is my absolute zone of genius. It lights me up. It gives me energy. I always feel excited once I'm recording and I always feel lifted up when I'm done recording. And that's how you know something is your zone of genius. And so if you're not familiar with this zone of genius concept, this is written about in Gay Hendricks, G-A-Y. Gay Hendricks has a book called The Big Leap. And it's a phenomenal book that talks about your zone of incompetence, zone of competence, zone of excellence, and zone of genius. When you are in your zone of genius, you are doing work that has great impact to others where you are like shining in your excellence and also it lights you up and gives you energy. In contrast, zone of excellence is where you're also like you're doing things that you're really good at that a lot of other people might not be good at but it can suck the energy out of you. So I use the example of like many people I know who are who practice law or are accountants are often in their zone of excellence where they have this level of expertise that a lot of people don't have. And they're really good at what they do. And other people are so grateful, like, oh my gosh, you helped me so much and thank you so much. I could never do what you do. But at the end of the day, they kind of feel sucked dry by it. When you're in your zone of genius, you feel very lit up. And now I know There's many accountants and lawyers who are like, yeah, I'm constantly lit up by the work that I do, which is great. But I think in any profession, you're going to find people that just over time end up in their zone of excellence where they get burnt out or maybe realize like, oh, this is what I went to school for. I'm good at it, but it's not like it doesn't really give me life. 
So when you think about things that really light you up and how you can work in your zone of genius and never get sick of the work that you do, it is what is the stuff that you can do that where you shine, where you're really good at it and you're better at it than the average person and it lights you up. And we all have those things based on our innate personalities and based on who we are and our makeup and the ways that we've either built and developed expertise or the things that we're just really, where we're naturally skilled. We were given skills from the womb. So I don't ever get sick of recording because I'm really working in my gifts when I'm recording and it is really fun for me. So I don't ever get sick of recording. I don't get sick of doing interviews, being interviewed, doing like doing interviews for other people. It's so uplifting to be able to do this work and to be in like just really incredible conversations with people constantly and then to be able to create value that I know other people are appreciating and and learning from. Okay. So my third question, this is a really fun one. This is where like, you're like, okay, how much can we gossip here? My third question I wanted to answer is, do you ever have hard guests? Yes, (laughs) I do. It's really rare, but what I want to tell you, because I think this is like the part that's really juicy and interesting, is that my hardest guests have mostly been the people with the most celebrity, which is maybe the opposite of what you would think. But I can think of three people off the top of my head who I've interviewed who are the people who have like, who are maybe the biggest known names or have like the biggest social media platforms or maybe like the people who've written the most best-selling books and who were pretty awkward interviews. And I felt like I was trying to compensate for that the whole time. I remember the first one that I did that fell into this category was in my first year, I actually recorded the interview on my birthday And I remember being so excited that I landed this interview. I'm not going to tell you who it was, but you can go back and see if you can figure it out. So it was in my first year. So it'd be in the first hundred episodes. And I was so excited to land this interview. And I was also thought it was really cool that it was on my birthday. I was like, this is like this really cool birthday gift. And I remember we recorded fairly late in the afternoon. So I was like, okay, this is like before my birthday dinner. Like this is my appetizer. And I had sent over questions as I do. We always, our protocol is that when people schedule an interview, we ask them to send a handful of questions over that's relevant to their current work so that we can make sure we highlight their work and really dig into a conversation that's meaningful to them. I usually play with those questions a little bit, add a few things, do some research, pull in a few other elements, and then send the questions back in this show flow that's like, here's 10 or so questions that Sarah is likely going to ask. If you have any feedback or input or want anything edited, just let me know. And then sometimes we get through all 10 of the questions, sometimes we don't. So with this person, they'd sent over questions relevant to a book that they had written that they wanted to talk about, and all the questions were great. And one of the questions that I had added in was, as your work has evolved over time, and this person had written multiple books, and a lot of these books had been written over the course of her mothering. And so like she'd started out writing books and getting a lot of attention for her writing prior to having kids, and then, or maybe early on being a mom, but then she'd written many books while raising her kids. And so I was like, I want to know how her work has evolved as she's raised kids. Because as I said in the beginning, like we are always growing and evolving alongside our kids. And I don't think that these things happen in a parallel universe. I think they very much intersect and overlap. So I asked her, how do you think your work and motherhood have intersected and how have they like impacted each other? And she said, oh, I I don't think they have. And then she just sat there. (laughs) And then I tried to push her a little bit like, oh, like you've been writing about these things that I think 
while her t- she doesn't write specifically about motherhood, there was definitely some things that I thought were connected to motherhood in different ways. I said, oh, you don't think that like this topic has, you know, impacted motherhood at all or the other way around? She's like, no. And then she just sat there and it was so weird. <laughs> and I've literally asked this question in different forms 350 times now because at 700 episodes, every other episode is an interview. So that means I've done 350 episodes and she's the only person who ever gave an answer like that. And it was so weird and so awkward. And I was like, okay, so clearly we're not talking at all about motherhood in this interview, which is on a podcast about motherhood. We're only talking about the book at the exclusion of motherhood, which was so weird to me. (laughs) But we did it. And people afterwards were like, oh my gosh, that's so great that you got that guest. And I was like, "Mm, uh uh-huh, yep, (laughs) it was great. And I've had that experience a couple other times with people, not with that question specifically, but just where like people that I thought would be able to be really dynamic in an interview because they often show up in really dynamic ways in their public lives were not dynamic interviews. I had one in the last year where this person was so underprepared to answer questions about her own book that I had to like feed her content from her own book in order to keep the conversation going. It was so weird and awkward. I think I'm pretty good at playing it off. So I don't think that those things come across to you. Although if you ever notice it, please feel free to send me a message. I would love to know. But it's so wild to me that like the people that you get so excited to land and think that you're going to have the most dynamic conversations with sometimes aren't at all. And then you land guests where you're like, I have no idea who this person is. And I can't totally get a gauge on how this conversation is going to go from the information that I have in front of me. And then it can be like the best conversations of your life. And so and you leave feeling like you just like found a new best friend. So it's really interesting in interviewing people how unpredictable it can be, even when I think it's going to be really, really predictable. I've learned now, like it's just never predictable. And it's been interesting navigating that. And I also, I kind of appreciate the challenge at this point. (laughs) Like I think because I've done it so many times, like 350 interviews at this point, I'm kind of up for the challenge. Like I want to ask really good questions. And if someone doesn't give me an answer or is weird, I do want to push them a little bit and not to make it awkward, but like just to create a good conversation. So I take it as a really personal challenge when a conversation isn't going as well as I maybe thought or hoped. I take it as a really personal challenge to like, okay, how can I make this a more dynamic conversation? How can I make this more relevant for our audience? How can I connect dots for this person that I don't think they're connecting themselves that I feel like they should connect based on like their influence and status in the work that they do. But I'm going to go ahead and connect the dots for them because it doesn't seem like they're going to do it on their own. So that's that piece. Yes, I have had hard guests and sometimes it's very awkward and it's always shocking and unpredictable in terms of who the hard guests are, because it's typically not the people who are inexperienced. The people who are inexperienced with podcasting and with guesting often are so humble and so eager that we inevitably have fantastic conversations. And I actually really, really love and value that. And those are always really, really fun and special surprises when I get to have those conversations with first time people, and they share just profoundly personal stories. And it's really special. Elena Joy Thurston comes to mind with that who has since become a great friend and we are in a business mastermind together, but she came on the show 
and shared her story of being a Mormon wife with four kids and then coming out as a lesbian and what like navigating all that felt like. And it was really the first time she told the story and she hadn't been at that point on many podcasts. And we just had this fantastic conversation. And I was like, holy cow, I'm so honored that you were open to sharing this here. And it was really, really special. And that's happened a number of times. And that is so cool. And it's interesting that like when I land big names, those are the, I expect the conversations to be like sacred, like the one with Elena Joy and often they're not. And I'm like, yeah, this is why like, <laughs> let people surprise you. Like let people who you don't know, who don't have notoriety surprise you because it happens all the time. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. <laughs> Well, you're aiming more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, Mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell, Laughing in the Face of Motherhood, wherever you listen to podcasts. My next question I want to talk about is how do you show up so consistently is it exhausting? So it's not exhausting, although showing up consistently definitely feels like it feels like a really big, important job. It's really important to me to show up consistently. So in 700 episodes, we have never missed a Monday or a Wednesday. And I take a lot of pride in that with the caveat that if something were to come up and we had to miss a Monday or a Wednesday, that would be okay. And so it's never happened. We've had tech glitches where something hasn't gone up where like, oh, shoot, we just realized that like it got scheduled in a wonky way and it didn't go up when it was supposed to. And so it and, you know, ended up going up 12 hours late or things like that. Like that's happened a very few times because shout out to my amazing editing team, Christy and Allison, who are phenomenal and take such great care of the show and production. But we've I've never missed an episode in terms of like creating an episode for Monday or Wednesday, making sure that we get up our two episodes a week. And I think for me and knowing my personality type and knowing my strengths, that piece is not like it's not exhausting for me. Are there times when it's hard to fit it all in schedule wise? Yes. But I 
am a person who does really well with non-negotiables. And so you've heard me talk about this so many times when it comes to like my morning routine and working out six days a week. And if I am going to do something with a level of consistency and I tell people that I'm going to do it with a level of consistency, I do it with exactly that level of consistency. And this is just a part of who I am. So I have so many friends in podcasting who are like, how in the world have you done this 700 times and every Monday and Wednesday and never missed an episode? It's just part of my personality. Like I thrive in consistency and I thrive in like doing the things that are predictable and known and certain, which, you know, makes the pandemic real hard on me, (laughs) but it makes producing a podcast not hard because, well, yes, it can be tricky sometimes to get things from a scheduling perspective. It's just a given that it's going to happen. And so it doesn't feel hard and exhausting in that sense, because I just know that this is part of what I'm doing every single week. And if there's a week that I'm gone or traveling or whatever, then I, you know, bulk things up the weeks before. So yeah, it's not hard for me to show up consistently for you all. And you are all so gracious and wonderful. And that makes a big difference too. Like I don't ever want to let you down. I'm an Enneagram one, I think I've determined. I've been vacillating between a one and a three. I just can never figure it out. And I think that I'm a one and ones, the worst thing that Enneagram one can internalize is letting people down and disappointing other people. Like we just, we, our desire and need to be good in other people's eyes. And I put good in quotes um, to be good. It's like a dire need. And I'm not saying this is healthy, but it is very true. And so the idea of letting any of you down like is just so horrendous to me that it makes it very easy to show up consistently in that pers- from that perspective. Next, I want to talk about what is recording the show or what does the schedule look like? So I bulk or batch record uh, interviews. So like we've recorded everything through the rest of 2022. I record on two Thursdays a month. I do three, typically three interviews on two Thursdays a month. And so I have these two recording days each month. And then we're always considerably ahead of schedule. So I'm often recording a couple months in advance of when an interview is going to go live. So that's what interviews look like. In terms of solo episodes, I'm often recording those the Wednesday before the Monday they go live, which is the case today. So I'm recording this on Wednesday, November 2nd. It will go live on Monday, whatever Monday is, the 7th or something. And so I'm often doing the solo episodes pretty close in proximity to when they go live because that's just the rhythm that works in this season in my life. There's been times where I've bulk recorded, batch recorded, you know, months at a, a month at a time or three months at a time, which is great, but it's not the flow that I'm in right now. And I'm very comfortable with this flow. Some people might think it's too tight of a timeline. Th- some people might think it's an inefficient use of my time to record one episode every week. It's what works for me right now. And I'm very okay with doing what works for me right now, no matter what like a time expert or productivity expert might tell me in regards to that. Like this is what's working for me and I'm good with it. Last question I want to answer is what's the future of the show? What's the long game? So the future of the show is more of the same. (laughs) I want to keep doing more of the same. And I mean, being at 700, all I can see now is like, let's get to a thousand. How do we get to a thousand? I can't wait to get to a thousand. Like that just feels like a really aspirational goal to me. And so that's the long game is how do we get to a <laughs> thousand? And and to that end, my question for you is, do you want more? I'm considering adding some bonus content in 2023, whether that looks like a little bonus series where I do a third episode a week for a while, or maybe we move into a third episode on an ongoing basis each week. I am super open to hearing from you. If you want more episodes, 
here's what I want you to do. This is literally how you can tell me that you want more episodes. Go to shamelessmom.com slash review, leave a review for the show. Tell me what you love. Tell me what you want more of. And tell me if you want more episodes each week. And that is how you can let me know. I don't want to create more content if you're like, no, I don't have more time to listen to podcasts. I will tell you what I'm considering is adding a third episode, whether it's a limited series or ongoing, that's like 10 minutes long. So a really quick like hit of inspiration slash motivation to help you each week. So if you're interested in a little shorty episode that just gets you like super fired up and pumped up, let me know. Leave me a review. Go to shamelessmom.com slash review. Leave a review for the show. Let me know what you want more of. That's how I'll know that you want more of this goodness. And that's what I have for you. That is the behind the scenes about creating 700 podcast episodes about motherhood. And I know that so much of we talk, what we talk about is outside of motherhood, but it is all connected and all intersects with motherhood in so many different ways. So thank you for being here. Huge thank you to all my guests who've been on the show over the course of 700 episodes. Huge thank you to my team, my team who's been with me the longest, Katie and Christy who've been with me forever, and then Nikita who's been with me for years now as well, and then Christy and Allison, my production team, and then my newer members of my team, Tressa and Barrett, who are over in Europe, who are doing lots of behind-the-scenes things oh my gosh, to have a team is just an incredible part of this experience, especially to have a team that champions the show in the way that all of them do. And then of course, all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's incredible that this is what I get to do every single week. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom and Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. 
Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.